you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the League podcast deserves its own a football life. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. Hey, guys. You know what up, boys? You know what? Something changed it up. Listen, let me, I got to say something. First of all, I just want to say you guys did a great job on Wednesday. I listened to it immediately. Thanks, Dan. I really thought you did, Greg. Great job in the hosting chair. I really thought that was good. I thought Michael Berger, <laughs> ATL producer, solid work. But it was something that Greg said early on about uh, what up, boys. Really got to. I me. didn't bring it up, by the way. I just didn't say it. Crystal or someone else brought it up. Yeah, no, it was it was fine that it came up because it was Greg didn't say what up, boys, and then that came up. K. Rich said it later, and then I thought about it. It's like, why do I say what up, boys? <laughs> and then I was talking to Greg about this downstairs yesterday. The idea of. Let's say this show became a global phenomenon. Let's say it became what The Simpsons was in 1989. Matter of time. Which obviously is a matter of time. And yeah, exactly. K. Rich will be in a Rolls Royce, like encrusted in diamonds <laughs> as the producer. But let's imagine the best case scenario happens. This show becomes huge. And there are t-shirts with my stupid head and face. And then above it, what up, boys? I would hate myself. I, aren't, don't you think you're being a little too self-aware here? A little super like delusions self-aware. of grandeur just <laughs> no, bubbling up here. These are, these are existential questions. One existential, day at, bros. One day at a time. No, no. I'd be a little more worried about your bros <laughs> so, than your what up boys. So now I'll <laughs> good point. So now I'm going to pull it all the way back out of that dream scenario. K. Rich is now back in what Honda Accord. Chrysler 200 convertible. Oh, really? yeah. She's already <laughs> I want your job. Let's pull it all the way back, and I'm just going to say, before that happens, removing what up, boys? Because I got some Twitter feedback, too. I vote against that. Don't. Can't the, people on Twitter, the people on Twitter it like is, what up, boys, don't they? I got some negative early. feedback about what up, boys. I think From we, some bros. Bros. I think Dan had some doubts about what up, boys, before this all happened. Is, is that not yeah, fair to say? It kind of took off a little bit, <laughs> and and I didn't realize that it became a monster I couldn't control. I can't. I literally can't 
look myself in the mirror if that becomes something that I get known for do saying. You think so I that won't we do. We can have the same esprit de corps without what up, boys? <laughs> I don't know. Can we get in the right? Actually, mood? it's a good point. How will anyone know what up? Boys, is, unless someone asks. Right. I'm just saying, I would wear the Dan Hansis T-shirt with the "What Up Boys." Probably. That's very Proudly. sweet of you, Kevin. You're a great woman. Um, all right. So anyway, so that was just something I came. But great show on Wednesday. Now it's Friday, and uh, the biggest story to talk about. I thought it was going to be my hero pick on the Jaguars. Nothing better than getting a hero pick on Thursday night football. But unfortunately. Gary Kubiak went and stole me, knocked me out of the headline sack, fired on Friday morning by the Texans and owner Bob McNair. Uh, This was a uh, move, and I'll throw it to you guys, that needed to be made, right, Greg? Yeah, I think it was just a timing question. So they decided to do it during the season instead of after the season. He was number one on the list of guys we knew were basically going to get fired. And now they can start the coaching process. Apparently, they want someone with NFL experience. Lovey Smith was mentioned by McNair, but I'm sure they're going to ask a lot of people. I'm wondering if the new coach could possibly keep Wade Phillips. Everyone thinks this is a great roster. I'm not so convinced of that they don't have a quarterback. They don't really have an offensive line that's going to make a lot of sense other than Dwayne Brown. I think it's not necessarily a quick turnaround. They have a lot of talent, but they also have salary cap issues next year. JJ Watt is going to need an extension. That's going to be a he's going to be the highest paid defensive player in the league. They have to make decisions on Owen Daniels who has an inflated salary. There are a lot of guys on the roster, Antonio Smith, guys who might have to be cut who are good solid players. So this team it probably is in much worse shape than people would think. Yeah, and Greg, you mentioned downstairs too that this is such a scheme-based team especially on offense that if you blow this thing up and Take out the zone blocking scheme. Ask the running backs and your linemen to do completely different things. That changes what this team's identity has been for a long time. On defense, I'd be really scared of another coordinator coming in and running something other than what J.J. Watt's been completely dominant in. I don't think that would happen. I'm assuming they'd want to bring someone in that uses that team to its but strengths. But if you but bring you don't in know. Lovey Smith, that's a Tampa yeah. too. There you go. I don't know why they would bring in Lovey Smith in the first place. I, I His name came up during Bob McNair's press conference, and I guess he acknowledged that he would be a potential candidate to talk to, but Is there was inspiring? no hard allusion to no, him it's joining. No, not inspiring. was 10-6 and six last year. Had some success. Went I to think he'll get Bowl. a job. It's not bad. But I don't think he's ins- he was He was never inspiring. Especially not if you want to change that offense. Look at I, and we all love Case Keenum. Uh, well, you know they don't have, they well, don't have a quarterback. Right, they have as bad a quarterback a bit, situation right. as any team in the league. I like that Kubiak and Schaub went out like Butch and Sundance. <laughs> Kubiak had to <laughs> they put really him back did. in. And, they really know, did. Don't don't worry about not knowing how to swim. The fall will probably kill you. Are they going to pull an end of the uh, any given Sunday where Kubiak announces that he's going to start an expansion franchise with Schaub? Or does that probably not happen? <laughs> By the way, one quote from Bob McNair that you could read into it as you will, as you will, but certainly seemed like a bit of a shot at Kubiak. Uh, in in looking for the next coast coach, uh, McNair said this: "It's based more on the individual. We're looking for a coach who's bright, ethical, innovative, and is able to make adjustments." That last part, kind of maybe the last part, yeah, a knife twist. One of the only teams in the league that that doesn't let their quarterbacks check the plays at the line. So there you go. All right, so let's get to the Week 14 games. Uh, this week uh, we have – this is has to be a record number of uh, Defender Hero picks, right? The s- it is. Seven on the schedule. And, of course, the one that I already got on Thursday night. Um, so why don't we start with them because it's also some of the big games of the week. So 
There it is. <laughs> oh, just defend your hero. And as a special treat, we're going to get Kevin Patcher, our Chicago correspondent, on the line. Usually a, a Sunday fixture. Now a Friday fixture. People are excited. Society has called for this, and now it is happening. Kevin Patcher, how are you? How's it going, boys? Great. I'm doing awesome. I didn't, we didn't have some picks. Wait, so you you are in Chicago right now. What is the temperature? Because it's about 15 degrees in Los Angeles and about 97 degrees in this podcast studio. Yeah, it's um, significantly lower than both of those degrees. <laughs> and we've got Patra. I and mean, this is a big week for Patra. Patra is going to the Monday night football game. Dallas Cowboys, oh, yeah. Chicago Bears. We'll talk about that a little later. And uh, he's also coming in, out here to Los Angeles next week for a couple podcasts. So get excited. Huge week. It's the month of Patra. Um, okay, so let's get right into it. Since we have Kevin on the line, why don't we start with Kevin Patra's first of two hero picks, the Detroit Lions um, facing off against the Philadelphia Eagles. Two teams playing very well right now. The Lions coming off that glorious Thanksgiving beatdown of the Packers. Uh, Kevin Patra chose the Lions to knock off the Eagles and Nick Foles. Kevin Patra, defend your hero. Well, first of all, I had to go with the homer pick, number one. Fair um, enough. But I do, I do think that uh, this is going to be a high-scoring game, and I think at the end of the day I'd take Matt Stafford leading a, a, a game and, game-winning drive over Nick Foles. Um, that, that simplifies a lot. I do think the Eagles have an advantage picking apart the outside of the Lions' defense, which is their weakest point. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the Lions have the better defensive line, and their offensive line has played very well. So I think they can protect Stafford, and they can pick apart a uh, Eagles defense that has has played better of, of late. But I think they could revert to we could see more of what we saw from them in the beginning of the season. I think this was one of the hardest games for me personally to pick all season because it's two teams. I still, after twelve weeks, don't feel like I have a good grasp on. It was just a total coin flip game. I'm surprised Patrick was the only one to take the Lions, but I went with Philly because they're at home. Detroit hasn't really put to- when was the last time Detroit put together a couple really impressive games back to back Kevin uh never <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Lane was quarterback yeah long time nothing that pops to mind I'll say that right now football outsiders had a good thing which helped push me to the Eagles this week that weeks one through eight they had the twelfth ranked offense and the thirtieth ranked defense weeks one through eight. Since then, they have the number one ranked offense, the 15th ranked defense, so they've improved a lot there, and the number one ranked special team. So over the last four or five weeks, there's an argument to be made. The Eagles, who haven't lost the game in that stretch, are one of the better teams in the NFL. My head... Ow! Hey, K. Rich. My head is spinning. I don't even. I, I can't even get through all the numbers you just threw at us. But <laughs> how about this? Nick Foles, 19 touchdowns, zero picks. People don't want to believe in him, but... I'm impressed with the Eagles' offense. Well, you have Gil Brandt on your side. Is that the Eagle, only Eagle one? Is that a good thing? <laughs> you said people don't believe in him. I, I saw Gil Brandt has him number two in the MVP race. Well, I wouldn't put him there, but I think he's been more impressive than he's been given credit for. Huh. To point to point on your on your uh, Eagles' defense, they really haven't played good quarterback, though. I mean, you have RG3's offense that hasn't done well. Palmer looked mediocre last week. Oakland, you know, I, I think that this is the best quarterback they've seen since Peyton Manning walked in. Two quick things on the Eagles, and I know we should move on. 
it's ridiculous to mention Nick Foles as a potential MVP candidate. He missed oh, absurd. He missed five games of the season. So even if he was the great, the best quarterback in the league, which he's not, that that's like missing seventy games of the MLB season. You would but, not give him the. And that's not even the biggest point. Doing that, What's though? the biggest point? Peyton Manning's on pace for fifty-five right. touchdowns. <laughs> right, and Peyton Manning's having one of the greatest seasons ever. And the other thing is. Chip Kelly has over-delivered. The fact that he's made Nick Foles into supposedly an MVP candidate, the fact that he's getting any criticism, we all thought, oh, he's not being as revolutionary. He is better than we could have possibly imagined. He has to find a way to play with a lead. That's my only question about him. Does that offense work when mm. you have a big lead? Mm. Good point. But other than that, I don't think you can complain about him at all. All right, moving on. The Carolina Panthers coming off another decisive victory over the Bucks. Uh, now take on the New Orleans Saints, who obviously uh, a difficult, difficult game in Seattle, a humbling loss that makes you wonder uh, where they fit in in the NFC, at least when they're not in their building. They are in their building here. However, Greg Rosenthal believes the Panthers are going to take this. Not a bad hero pick. So, Greg, I ask you to defend your hero. I thought this was the team of around the league. And yet every time they have a remotely tough matchup, everyone jumps off the ship. Wait, hold on. Last time when they played the Patriots, I went for the Panthers and you went for the Patriots. Well, I take the Patriots every week. But I remember another road game where they were in San Francisco and I had a hero pick there for a streaking Panthers team. And that worked out. I thought long and hard about this game. It wasn't easy, but I think when you just look at the two teams, the Panthers are a better team. I think the Saints aren't as explosive as people think. I don't think their offensive line is as good as people think, and they have a big-time home field advantage, but doesn't mean they can't be beat there. The 49ers had them in trouble. And I, I just think the Panthers are ready for another big win that makes me think uh, even different, even give them more credit than we've been giving them. They go into New Orleans, they get a big win, and they get in the driver's seat for the number two seed. That's very convincing. Can I change my pick? Yeah. No. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you because I don't want what? you catching up on me. I, I'm, I'm fine with agreements Saints, at this point. The Saints have, <laughs> Saints have topped 25 no points once in, the past, once in the past five games. They're not an explosive offense right now. I don't know. Is that the Jimmy Graham injury and Darren Sproles has been in and out of the lineup? Those are the two most important weapons. They're just not on the Patriots and Broncos level on offense right now. One thing Carolina has going for it, if they want to try to keep Drew Brees off the field, their scoring drives, they're averaging just under nine plays per scoring drive, highest in the league. And Mm. that's not something that we saw from Carolina early in the year. They really have grown as an offense, and they are able to string together these long-time Wasting drives that just eke minutes off the clock. That's how you can beat New Orleans. Another thing that, that Greg good, Rosenthal does not want to give Cam Newton credit for. But is that good? I don't want a f- slow, methodical offense. That keeps the other team in games. I want teams that can sometimes have some explosive plays, and the Panthers don't really do that. Have you been watching the Panthers? The other team isn't in the game very much. When they play good teams, it's right. close. I, I'm just saying, I don't know if methodical is what I want out of my offense. That's all. Well, I just think Cam is quarterbacking a lot smarter. He's ta- You know, he... Early in the season, we saw him just overthrowing receivers down the field, just taking wild shots. Now he's dumping the ball off, and we usually criticize quarterbacks for this. But in that offense, playing with that defense, it makes sense. All right, moving on. Uh, Perhaps the game of the week, uh, the Seattle Seahawks riding high, coming off a big Monday night win over the Saints. Now travel to San Francisco to play a 49ers team that – uh, is currently in possession of that sixth playoff spot. They could do go a long way towards locking that playoff spot up if they can knock off the Seahawks. This was kind of a shocker in the hero category because Kevin Patra mm-hmm. 
pulls a hero oh, on the Seahawks, God. which is, you know, kind of disgraceful. Well, it's a little outrageous. Fellas. We, I was surprised. Yeah, no, Kevin no, Patrick, defend your hero, as if you have uh, to. <laughs> I know. I, I don't think – I feel like I don't – I shouldn't have to. I just – they're the better team. I don't, I don't think that San Francisco's home field advantage. They've lost twice at home to teams with uh, – I mean, Carolina has a good pass rush. I think that's what's going to give Ka- Kaepernick uh, trouble, and I, I think that's where Seattle can, can make his head. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that there's much to argue there. How about the fact that the 49ers offense – Seems like it's rounding into form just a little bit. We just talked about some long, slow drives. They've pulled off a lot of long, slow, successful offensive drives the last couple weeks where they kept their defense off the field. They've been a little more like the 49ers that we expected to see. And these are the only two teams that run more than 50% of the time. I, we, we see similar stuff each time these teams play. I think we're going to see those characteristics this time. I believe this is San Francisco. This is what they were built all offseason to do was come in and play the Seahawks this year. This is such an important game to them. I picked them because I, I don't think they're the better team than Seattle, but this is their regular season mm. right here, and they've been sneaky good over the last couple months. Sneaky good. And they're not even getting the credit they should. I think they're being overshadowed by Seattle. Since, since October started, the 49ers have the best defense in the NFL. And Kaepernick According has played... According to what? According to points. Okay, I just uh, thought it was a, that's is that your opinion? Do you really think they're the best? Yeah, I think they've played better than anybody since the start of October, um, and I think Kaepernick has played two of the best games of his season the last two weeks. I don't think it's any coincidence that they're starting to get guys back now. Crabtree, Quentin Patton, who looked good in the preseason. This offense is getting a little bit better. I think the 49ers are the second best team in the NFC. I think I think what you say, Wes, you hit the nail on the head. I think everyone in this room. Uh, is under the impression that the, the Niners are perhaps the sleeping giant in the NFC. A lot of people had been looking at the Seahawks and Saints specifically, at least until what happened on Monday night. Now you think about the Niners, their history. I don't know. I don't trust the Niners to ever go into Seattle and win a game, but I think they could certainly hold court at home, and that's why I picked them. And I think that's probably why we all did, right? Patrick's worried. See, have, I, have we worried I'm not, you? I'm not, I'm not worried. <laughs> I think that the one team... We can hear, it, we can hear your teeth back. chattering on the line. Yeah. Fear! I, but if there's one team that can, that can, that can reverse the, that course of them making progress, it's the Seattle defense. Well, the I Seattle mean, Seahawks are the best team in the NFL at home. The Seattle Seahawks on the road are not the best team in the NFL. Hmm. They've only lost one game this year. Yeah, but they've been, behind, they've been outplayed thoroughly by the Houston Texans and the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, this is one of those, it looks like a great hero pick, obviously, if you can have the number one team in the NFL as your hero pick. Strategy-wise, that's fine. But I wouldn't change my pick. I like, I like the 49ers. I feel good about this pick. All right, let's move on. So the St. Louis Rams came off a loss to the Niners last week that basically deflated their playoff hopes. The Arizona Cardinals, their opponent on Sunday, uh, now find themselves trailing the Niners. They, almost, they basically need this win. And uh, I will defend my hero. I took the Rams. And why did I take the Rams? That's a great question, society. <laughs> I took the Rams uh, because I don't trust the Cardinals. I never have. And uh, I know they are a great defense. I know that they play very well at home. But I think we're getting, we're getting to that time of year where Carson Palmer again reminds us that he's Carson Palmer post-2006. I believe he makes some mistakes. I believe there's, there's a good ability for the Rams to put some pressure on him. And I think the Rams are a pretty good team. I don't think they're a great team. I don't think they're going to the playoffs. But I feel pretty good. Well, Maybe, the, go, go ahead. ahead. 
You should apply your Carson Palmer standard to Kellen Clemens, too. <laughs> Kellen Clemens versus a really good defense on the road is tough. We you saw always it. take Kellen Clemens on the road when you can. That is one of my philosophies. I don't love St. Louis's pass rush uh, from a Cardinals angle against that offensive line. And, and, Cars- and Carson Palmer, mm. who looks like a statue uh, when he's under pressure at times, that could be real ugly, but I do like Michael Floyd and some of the weapons that Arizona has against a very good defense. I, and, and listen, Cardinals at home, I, I'd take that every time. Palmer struggled last week. If he played better in that game, they would have won. He, it wasn't because of pressure either. He just missed a ton of throws. I, I think this is a good team, but I kind of like Dan's argument in the sense that you look at the whole season as a whole – and if the Cardinals aren't going to make the playoffs, they're kind of due for one bad loss out of nowhere that ruins their chances for the playoffs. And this sort of, it smells like it. I could see it happening. I put, you just made that up. What? <laughs> Is that what we up. all do? Let's up. be serious. I'm just saying, though, so that's well why I picked the 49ers, too, because I can see the Seahawks as a 14-2 and two number one seed. you got to get that second for loss. For anyone that buys sense. the Cardinals, and I'm not saying anyone in this room does, if they win and the Niners lose to what many believe is the best team in the NFC, they're tied again. <laughs> as a Lions fan, Patrick, are you worried about about the Cardinals as kind of a, a team in the mix for the possible wild card if the Lions somehow fell out of the NFC lead, at North lead? I, I don't think I'm worried about them because I, it, there, there's not two teams coming out the NFC North. Right, it's fair. Right, fair. It's the Lions. That you win the division or you don't. I think all, all three teams know that at this point. The Bears, the Lions, and the Packers. Dumb question. I, I, so your answer, the answer for me is no. Not worried because Greg just whips really a softball at like eight miles an hour over the plate. <laughs> Patrick just hits Patrick it. Right had, right. Patrick has banished me for the rest of the podcast. I'll see you. Patrick hit that and just did the bat flip, and then took about three minutes getting around the bases. Um, all right, let's move on. The we're still going with hero picks, by the way. Outrageous. We are still rolling something. The moon, something was aligned. The stars, I don't know. The Dallas Cowboys at seven and five, and coming off that uh, somewhat unimpressive or uninspiring Thanksgiving win over the Oakland Raiders, uh, head to Soldier Field to face a Bears team again without Jay Cutler. Now it's six of six, losers of three and four, basically fighting for their playoff lives. I don't know why the rest of the ATL team now trusts the Cowboys to get the job done at 7-5. and five. And in December, Mark Sessler uh, picked the Bears. Now, Mark, I ask you to defend your hero. All right. I mean, there's not a... Listen, there's not a whole lot of logic here. I just think you've got two nice setup. You as always, defenses. Mark always sets up his hero picks Listen, with some I type of self-deprecating no, no, comments. If 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 I had to hire any of you guys as my lawyer, if I was ever in trouble, <laughs> Mark would be my last pick. Now I'm you know honest. this guy is probably guilty, and I don't expect you to acquit him. Right. However, can we reduce you know, the charges or think about it? Feeling, I have a feeling you'll find him innocent. <laughs> Two terrible defenses. Although, listen, what I didn't when I made this pick, I should have thought about something and why I wish I could change it. Oh, stop! Sean Lee oh back for the Cowboys. Exactly. <laughs> what is this? How dare you, Mark? Stick to your guns, man. Uh oh. Sean Lee and Jason Hatcher, Demarcus Ware. K. Rich, some more heat there with your sound effect in Sessler. He did like a finger, like wrap up the violins. There's heat (laughs) between Sessler and K. Rich. A little bit. That was like a full stanza of music there. Um, (laughs) Chicago at home, Monday night. Two teams that are, you know, very, very tough to predict. Unreliable. (laughs) I'm going Bears. I already did. Wow. What a defense. (laughs) 
<laughs> you, your defense was as good as the Bears' rush defense. Are the Cowboys capable of going on the road when they had a chance here? Here we go. To now you going control somewhere. of the NFC East, or at least stay, you know, right up there with the Eagles. Will they do that? Everything we know about Dallas says no. They will not. There you go. That's defending your hero, well, Mark. I don't need to defend picking against Dallas. Wow, now he's, get, now now he's, he's digging in a little bit. Now, well, what, can you tell me a more disappointing team in the NFL? They're not yeah. disappointing. They're 7 they in first place. Houston Texans. I think there's a million. Compared I think they're where, overachieving. Compared to, compared they're to what they're, we're told every season they are, they are disappointing. With the injuries they've had on defense, they're doing just fine I, at 7-5 and five in, in, in first place. 421 yards allowed per game. I think this is the rare Cowboys team that is better than this worse than their record indicates. They're lucky to be seven and five. I don't think they're very good. They've actually pulled off some tough games. They're good now, they're healthy. All right, let's move on before that. Kevin Patrick has actually a real job to do while we're up here <laughs> gallivanting. He is in charge of the news operation and he needs to work, so we gotta let him go. All right, fellas. Aaron Rodgers is out if you needed to know that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, see, Kevin. Kevin Patrick, we'll see we'll hear from you on Sunday. He sounded downtrodden there at the end. You should be happy. No Rodgers. Your Lions got a shot. Um, we, we, we got a shot. You got to win games. Can't, wor- can't worry about other people's injuries. Kevin, you got to go work <laughs> at some work. point. Have a good one. Fellas. All right, later. Patrick, bringing the football cliches out. I love Kevin Patrick. <laughs> um, all right. Our last hero pick, and this one has enormous personal ramifications in this room, uh, the Oakland Raiders <laughs> at 4-8, and eight, mm. as, as we all know. Will Chris Wessling eat his softball? Chris Wessling needs to the Raiders not to win six games. If they hit that six victory mark, Wes eats his softball pants. They are four and eight, and they're facing the New York Jets. My New York Jets, who are uh, crumbling before my very eyes, they're on a three-game losing streak. Uh, yeah, and. Three-game losing streak. Geno Smith is absolutely off the reservation. The, the Geno coaster is just out of control, uh, wreck. And it's very hard to figure out who would be a, an actual favorite in this game. Somehow, the rest of this, most of this room, uh, chose the Jets to get off the Schneid. Greg Rosenthal went with the Raiders. I, I haven't felt Found your hero, Greg. I haven't felt better about a hero pick all season. I had a hero pick going against the Jets. Three weeks ago, I believe it was, with the Bills. And and then since then, I don't think Geno Smith has completed a pass. Matt Sims, who had, I think, no production in college, has overtaken him during some games to be the quarterback. And yet all of you guys have picked the Jets. <laughs> has anyone watched it? I haven't stood up in a while. Has anyone watched the <laughs> Jets up. the last three weeks and no one's taking and no one's taking the Raiders? Take a seat. By the way, the Raiders stink. That's no. why. Hey, the and they, they're horrible you know on the road. what else thinks? The Jets' offensive line and sometimes Dennis Allen and this Jason Tarver and this Raiders defense, they cook up some wild schemes. And oh, boy. It, it can, this is it can It can blow up in their face. It's kind of like Michael Lombardi used to talk about, battleship football. Sometimes it really works. Sometimes it doesn't. When you're playing Geno Smith and the worst offense I have seen in the NFL the entire season, it's going to work. Raiders win big. It's shocking that you picked the Raiders knowing full well that Rex Ryan said on Wednesday the Jets had their best practice of the season. Ooh. How you could not take Ooh. that intel and pick again and you picked against the Jets, that's just that's just not using your head, Greg. If you're John if you're John Idzik and the Raiders came to you and said, let's say a drug induced Raiders organization said Geno Smith for Matt McGloin right up. <laughs> Straight up. Would you do it? Of course not. 
You wouldn't do that? No. I'm taking McGloin at least for this week. I'd take McGloin over Geno Smith. I know, because you're seeing Geno at his absolute nadir, but you know, he's also had moments as a rookie. Chris Wessling, do you realize you're only trailing me in the picks for the season because you pick the Jets every, every week. Single I'm week. contractually <laughs> obligated. You don't know about the deal I made with Rex Ryan. I have to pick the Jets. Um, and this week especially, I'm picking with my heart. Right. Well, you have some personal stake in this, yes. so that makes sense. And we're sense. we're banged, let's face it. We're banged if the Raiders can't get a win they need on this. Sunday. And in I, terms of Wes's softball pants. A softball pants, I looked this up on uh, Google, is 9.75 feet of fabric. <laughs> and I've been talking to chefs. I'm getting excited about this. I'm I'm with Greg. I'm rooting for the. the I know you guys. It's fair. I, I I have a reason to be rooting for the Jets because it was bred die. into me. But <laughs> Mark, yeah, you should have picked. You should have picked it. I thought you liked McLovin. I mean, I a, do like McLovin, but I have to pick the Jets. I can't pick the Raiders. The Ra- I don't want to eat softball. Pants. If the Raiders don't pull this one out on Sunday, they need to go two and one against Kansas City at home at San Diego, and then home against Denver. That's pretty grim. So They have to get this one. If they get this, I would be very concerned for Wesley. And I guess while we're on the topic of the Jets. I kind of feel good about this game, by the way. The Geno coaster is due to go back up, right? <laughs> You've seen how roller coasters operate. They just don't no. sit at the I bottom. I think it's for, come oh, to the God. end where everyone gets off. It's that. It's that. No, God, please, no, no, no. That's me I, sitting at my desk. I think it's that roller coaster that. Got sunk into the Hudson River or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yes. That, that's the Geno Coast. The Hudson yeah. River, the Atlantic Ocean. The Atlantic Ocean. Coming, again, every once in a while, <laughs> every once in a while, it's revealed that we watch so much football that we don't know what's going on in the world. The roller coaster on the I Jersey went, Shore I ended up there. in the Hudson River. I was there during the hurricane. <laughs> I didn't have any power to watch the news coverage at the time. And while we're on the topic of the Jets. Stick a fork in them. Here lies the New York Jets, who could only ride the Geno coaster for so long before a catastrophic malfunction trapped an entire fan base beneath the wreckage. Please send condolence cards to a heavily bearded Fireman Ed, securely tucked away in his fortified underground bunker. Doesn't feel good to do this, I gotta say. There was so much, there was genuine hope after that win over the Saints that put the Jets into the bye week, but they came out of the bye week. Um, they, they signed Ed Reed. Uh, David Garrard had Geno Smith, or Geno Smith had David Garrard as his personal uh, salvation, helping to guide him through the season. Instead, Geno just went in the tank, and it took the season with it. At the end of the day, all they had going for them was the best 3-4 defensive line in the NFL. Not enough. And also, that's a lot. I guess one of that's five wins, the yeah. under the radar, and I, you know, I, it's kind of unfair that I just put it all on Gino. A lot of it has to do with Gino, but the other part of it is the the secondary. And they went and they got Ed Reed with the hope that he could solve their deep ball problems. The secondary went from a, a Revis and Cromartie strength to now a huge issue that the team needs to address in the off season. Well, the offensive line is much worse than people think. That too. You've got. David Nelson is your number one receiver. <laughs> it's a joke. Stephen yeah. Hill is a, is a draft bust. Yep. They have nothing. See Antonio Holmes, who is just counting his checks and waiting till the end of the season. You're counting on Kellen Winslow to be a factor. It's more than just Gino. And Gino got put, he got put in an impossible situation. Now, when you kind of take a step back and realize that he was rushed into the job, and then he joined a team that had very little talent on offense, and then when he did what a rookie might do, 
when you when you're in your first season, especially when maybe you weren't necessarily ready, he started to regress. And now this was what I was saying in August. My ultimate fear was that he would get rushed in the lineup and it would mess his head up because he would start to struggle. And now I'm starting to wonder if his confidence I know it's shot right now, but if it's going to have lasting consequences on his future. Here's my concern with the Jets and what we're going to be dealing with this offseason is a steady stream come OTAs. Geno Smith has turned the corner, looks outstanding in practices. <laughs> and I, you know what? I think this team aggressively needs to find another quarterback. I'll give you a quarterback. Jay Cutler. Mm, that would be nice. Wait, wait. I got one for you. Okay. Don't say Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub no. <laughs> comes in to mentor Michael Vick. Geno Smith. I don't Michael like Vick? that at all. Well, you, the, I don't know, man. I, I think they might draft another quarterback. I think they might fire the coach, Why wouldn't Rex you? Ryan, and then draft another quarterback. Why would you hmm. anchor next year if you're a new coach or if you're Rex Ryan to Geno Smith after what we've seen? I don't think you would. Who's the last team to do? The Panthers drafted Clawson and then turned around and drafted Cam Newton, but they had the number one overall they did. pick. Right. That's a little bit different. Teams don't usually admit after one year that they messed up a well, second maybe round take pick. another second round pick or a third round pick, something else to just but add that's, to that's the that's a big investment itself, second or third round pick. Yeah. The reason why I like Cutler, and even though I don't like the idea of Shaw because I don't think he's has a lot of great football left in him, <laughs> but there's a way to do this. If you bring in a veteran guy in his early 30s, it, it not only brings in a guy you could trust more potentially, it also saves face and also potentially saves the chance of Geno Smith getting behind, uh, being a backup, and learning the craft as opposed to this this test he's been going through this year. All right, with color specifically, when they finally brought Brandon Marshall to Chicago and you see also Alshon Jeffrey develop, then Cutler is able to do what Cutler's able to do. You put anyone on the Jets without an offense that they start to invest heavily in weapons, anything close to what they have this year they're a four or five. Win well, team I'm working all over under the again. assumption that the off season, a major, the major focus will be on adding some weapons on offense. Well, Isaac failed to do that last off season. And the other problem with Cutler is every team without a quarterback is going to be lining. The Jets aren't going to be the only team right. that would. I, Why would you go there? I yeah. I have to point out, four people on around the league picked the Jets to win this week. So that's how little faith we have in the Jets overall. That even though you guys think or the gonna, Raiders. That, that right, they're going to get to six and seven, which potentially could be tied for the final wild card spot. And I don't disagree with any of your thinking that we just don't see them possibly going on a run. But there is a reasonable chance that they're one game out with three weeks to play or even tied with three weeks to play. So right now, all our teams that we've stuck a fork in, they look pretty dead. Maybe the Jets except will come for, back and get except us. Except for one team, <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars are still in the playoff hunt. <laughs> Right, that's the point. It's like, listen, you, everyone's alive, but a lot of them are terrible football teams. All right, let's move on to the rest of the Week 14 games, and we will start in Baltimore where the Vikings, a little bit of a frisky Vikings team down the stretch potentially here with a tie and a win in back-to-back weeks, head to Baltimore to face the Ravens, obviously coming off that controversial win over the Steelers on Thanksgiving. Mark, I ask you, the Ravens, are they primed to make a hard run toward through December and into a playoff spot. Well, I love this matchup for Baltimore because Minnesota's defense, which you know we arguably is one of the worst in the league, they especially are uh, a problem when it comes to big plays. They've given up more big plays than any team in football. And last couple weeks, I think Joe Flacco's been playing some good, excellent, excellent 
football and has thrown the football deep. They're doing that more. Even though you don't got Anquan Bolden to kind of anchor that shorter passing game, Torrey Smith, Jacoby Jones, over and over against the Steelers, they put them downfield. Dennis Pitta in the mix this week? Possibly. It he, sounds he, like he, he will be. be playing, it looks like, at least some sort of role. Elvis Doomerville is very questionable for this game, which is would be a big loss for them. But, yeah, you get Pitta back, and I agree. I think Flacco has started to make that turn. If you're a Ravens fan, you got to feel like he might have another little run in him here in December. Looking forward to the Xavier Rhodes-Torrey Smith matchup. Xavier Rhodes playing very good football for the Vikings right now. The rookie cornerback. And no one – how about your guy, Matt Castle, back back my, in the mix? Guy. You love yourself. So, oh, wait, no. You hate no, Matt wait, Castle. wait, that's you. <laughs> Matt Castle's an upgrade on Ponder. But Who did I, you compare Matt Castle to earlier in the week? Cam Newton or somebody? Oh, this was outrageous. It was a great comparison. I was just saying he's much more athletic than people would think, that he's not really a Alex Smith game manager type. He's a guy with a huge arm that's very athletic – but he's not really that good of a quarterback. I understand that. Do you think that uh, Josh Freeman is just pulling the move, that old uh, Clint Eastwood movie, Escape from Alcatraz, where he has the dummy set up and it's just laying in a cot in Minnesota's <laughs> clubhouse and just collecting paychecks somewhere? One of the smartest men on the planet. I mean, he's made $3 million to do essentially nothing but go out on Monday night football and stink up the joint for people 60 get, minutes. People get fired for decisions like that. And we will see if that happens. All right, moving on. Here's a matchup between two AFC division leaders, uh, also, two teams, it's kind of hard to do, uh, figure out if they're any good, but the Indianapolis Colts, coming off a win, uh, face the Cincinnati Bengals. These are two 8-4 and four teams. Uh, the Bengals are home, and I, I like to think that that might be the difference in this type of matchup. Wes, as the disenfranchised or former or recovering Bengals fan, I will throw to you your analysis on this one. Bengals are the better team right now, and it's not by a little. The Colts just aren't very good. I could see possibly thinking the Colts would win if they were playing in Indy. Maybe Luck finds a way to pull it out. But the Geno Atkins injury really hasn't affected this defense much at all. Vontez Perfect is playing at an all-pro level. Which is amazing that this they've been able to recover so well, considering how Goes good Atkins Goes back to Damashek's Jenga theory, which block really makes it tumble. And apparently Geno Atkins wasn't the block that made the Bengals' defense go. You know, especially this week when they're playing that Colts offensive line. And they're having trouble doing anything. The, the, we talked about the Jets as one of the worst offenses in the league. If you take away Andrew Luck and put in a league average quarterback, the Colts would be one of the very worst offenses in the league. They can barely do anything. We all picked the Bengals. It's amazing. This is a, a game between two, eight, and four teams, and I doubt anyone thought too hard about picking the Colts. Well, and Wes, you talked about Dalton, and this was correct, as a streaky guy. That he, you know, early part, first half of the season, he was. You know, statistically very effective, but last five games, six touchdowns, nine picks, his plays trailed off, and I still, listen, I, whoever loses this game, it's over. It, between me and that team, it's over. Oh, well, that's <laughs> it's important. A, I can't take you seriously. Game. I can't. Yeah. I almost can't oh. take either of them seriously in terms of long-term playoff look, but whoever loses this to me, I don't even want to see you in January. Well, seriously, though... The loser of this game has virtually no chance at a playoff bye, whereas the winner has a very legitimate chance because the Patriots have a, a couple tough games left, and the winner of this game, especially if it's the Bengals, who has the tiebreak over New England, still has a good chance at the 2 And if Cincy loses and Baltimore wins, I, that division is not over. Clean sweep, by the way. Bengals, uh, every ATL writer pick them so we'll see if we are geniuses or fools all right let's move on the atlanta falcons fresh off a nice win in toronto over the bills 
head to Green Bay to face a Packers team that needs a win to stay alive. And during this stretch, the Packers have had, to me, a very soft schedule uh, during this Aaron Rodgers free time for the most part and have not taken advantage of it. They've been losing almost every week. Wes, will the Packers keep their playoff hopes alive? This is the Packers' season right here. It's, it's that simple. If they win and Aaron Rodgers comes back next week, I would consider them the favorites in the division. If they lose, I think their season's over. If they lose, just just for argument's sake, we're all, in this room at least, Patrick didn't, picking the Eagles to win, so that would mean the, line, the Lions are underdogs. The Bears are slight underdogs this week. If they lose and those two teams lose... And they would still have a chance. I'm just saying they, they could get a little help this week. The Lions week. have a pretty easy schedule the last couple of weeks. And they also have an advantage in the standings on the Packers right now, that half game. Well, we all picked the Packers in this game, so we, I, which I'm a little surprised that, that we all you know, didn't try to get cute by picking the Falcons, who have played better the last two weeks. They were very close against New Orleans, and then they won in Toronto. We're all betting on Matt Flynn after well, Thanksgiving. Well, I think we're betting on Green Bay winning at home against a very bad Atlanta team. That's where I went with it, at least. I'm not betting on Matt Flynn. He's got a terrible arm. <laughs> I think and I had visions of Eddie Lacy running for 200 yards. There but you now go. that I think about it, I, I probably would change my pick. Matt, I can't trust Matt Flynn at all. <laughs> Don't pull us. That's another pulling a Sessler, change, wanting to change your pick. That's a Wait, new one last Ooh, quick that's thing. A bad thing. If to be they tied lose to. this game and you want to talk about how they're still mathematically vibrant, I can't go there. They're not a playoff team if they lose this football game. They don't. Who wants to see this team in the playoffs if they they, if they have Aaron Rodgers? I want to see him. That's the fiery, definitive no, I, Sessler. I, I like. Just, yeah. I just listen. A lot of it's not. It's your quarterback, but it's more, and they've shown nothing. All right, um, Mark. The Cleveland Browns are going to Foxborough on Sunday. Jason Campbell back in lineup for the Browns uh, after the concussion, which is obviously good news because it means Brandon Whedon won't be anywhere near the field. Not that he would be as a concussion, but uh, to me and um, and I think everyone on ATL picked the Patriots. This smells potentially like thirty-eight, thirteen. Mark, is there any way? Do you have any hope that your Browns will stay competitive? No, I don't. This lines up as a Patriots wipeout. You know, we Dan, we were talking about this yesterday morning at about six fifteen a.m. And this has the late. This feels like every other late season for Cleveland for a long, long time running back. Mm-hmm. This is the game where the the dam breaks. And you listen, they lost their one of their best defensive linemen this week to the, for Desmond Bryan for the rest of the year. Even what's good about them is starting to melt away, and New England takes care of business easily. We've talked up the Browns' defense all season, and I think that's fair. But they have had some opportunities to go out and help their team win, and they haven't always done that. Jacksonville would certainly be an example where I expected the Browns' defense to be a little more dominant, and this is about as tough a matchup as there is right now because the Patriots' offense, Chris wrote a good piece on on the site about how they're humming right now, really with any offense in the league the last four or five weeks. They lead the NFL in points and yards. They're actually averaging five more points per game than the Broncos over the last five weeks. They, on the other hand, in the last two weeks, they've given up career rushing games to Ben mm. Tate and Noshawn Marino. So, why, so play well, there's Chris. nothing in Cleveland to suggest <laughs> right. that will happen again. I'm just saying this is a foible that's going to come back to haunt them in the playoffs. How about the last time these two teams played? No one gave the Browns much of a chance but no. Rob Ryan and Josh McDaniel. You're right. That was a very <laughs> different time. And, and honestly, yes, that, a was, golden age for that the Browns. was when Belichick was – implementing his two tight end system. They never one, lost again that season. One last thing on this game. Josh Gordon needs 
124 yards to break Calvin Johnson's record for most yards over a four-game stretch. Belichick tends to take your number one weapon away, especially when you have Aqib Tlaib and Devin McCourty sandwiching Josh Gordon. It'll be interesting to see if he can get 124. Patriots, Patriots haven't given up more than 121 all year. Yeah, that's ominous for Mr. Gordon. All right, next up is a, a game that some levels is uh, almost like a low-grade playoff game. You have the Miami Dolphins at 6-6 six and six and coming off a definitive win over my Jets, traveling to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers, now 5-7 and seven after that Thanksgiving loss. Uh, obviously, if the Steelers lose, they're dead. I know everyone in this room uh, believed, or most of us believed, that the Steelers would be in the mix for that last playoff spot. If, that, if they are going to be in the mix, they need to beat the Dolphins. Greg, I ask you, will they do it? I think the Steelers will win this game. I know you guys agree. We went across the board taking Pittsburgh. The one thing I'd be worried about with Pittsburgh is their secondary is prone to giving up big plays. Ike Taylor, Ryan Clark, Troy Palomalu not really playing well. And maybe it's just the Ryan Tannehill fan in me. But I, I think, kind of like Joe Flacco, he's played quietly pretty well the last couple weeks. I think he had a good game overall against Carolina. I know he missed a couple throws. I think he had a good game against the Jets. He's had some tough things around him this season. I think this is a game he could play well. There could be a lot of points between Ben and Tannehill. I think Ben Roethlisberger is playing at a, a level as high as anyone in the league right now mm. at quarterback. So Almost MVP-like. Almost MVP for the month of November-like. <laughs> is this uh, a fork-off? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. The committee would have to get together if there was a 6-7 and seven Dolphins the team. The committee should probably take a look at the Ravens' schedule, too. Yeah. Brutal the next three weeks. Well, that would indicate that we shouldn't be forking right. teams that are, that are at six and seven that have any I chance. Don't, I know that I keep saying this every week, but even if the Steelers lose, I don't think they're out of it. I think that's fair. I mean, it's you, we talk about it's certain not teams. A fork off. I don't think so. Okay, no. we didn't even need the committee. Uh, moving on, this is a game. One of I think might be the only game. Uh, right, Greg, that has no playoff ramifications. The Buffalo Bills traveling to Tampa to face the Buccaneers, uh, two also-ran teams uh, squaring off. <laughs> so that's the game you want to give me. Hey, the Bills... <laughs> the Bills actually... The less the set is better. In, in theory, uh, the Bills haven't been mathematically eliminated, but this is the one game other than the Thursday night game that really has no juice to it. And... I think it's a what immediately comes to mind is these two rookie quarterbacks. Which one is a little further along? And I don't know that we know can feel any better about EJ Manuel at this point of the season than we did in Week One. Don't you think that one of these quarterbacks is a lot farther along? Yes. Okay. That quarterback is Mike Lennon. Yes. Moving on, the Kansas City Chiefs now at nine and three. They went from nine and zero to nine and three. Head to Washington to face a free falling Redskins team. Uh, that lost again on Sunday night to the Giants in that weirdly non-flexed game. Um, <laughs> at some point, the Chiefs are going to get back on the on, on the winning side of things. Mark, I ask you, it's, it will happen against the Redskins, right? Well, I'll tell you what. I yes, if I if I and I made a pick, I picked the Chiefs. But this defense kind of fallen off a cliff last couple weeks. There was, I realized they played the Broncos twice. There though. was high level heat building up the Chiefs' defense for the first two months of the season. You don't hear much of that anymore. This game, to me, is about as unappealing as any on the slate. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> why? Why? Because I, I am absolutely exhausted. They're playing with, outdoors. 
Well, they've got that going on. I'm exhausted with the Redskins at this point. I, I really feel like they need to roll up the carpet and just shut it down. It's over. You know who else is exhausted <laughs> with the Redskins? Mike Shanahan. I, I wouldn't be surprised if after the season we've found out this has been an elaborate like weekend at Bernie's four going on, that this isn't really even Shanahan. They just have some puppet that Kyle is They're going to skip three. They're going to go right <laughs> from weekend to Bernie's two where they became Jamaican Calypso dancers. <laughs> One of the worst sequels in the history of cinema. It never happened. Weekend of Bernie's 2. Let's talk about, for all the talk about RG3, the Redskins have held the lead for fewer minutes than any team in the NFL this season. They've given up at least 24 points in 11 of 12 games. The they def- stink. It's the defense, <laughs> stupid. Yep. And this week, you know, I'm out of the fantasy game, but we're here in the fantasy playoffs. And Alex Smith, I think, would be a great option this week. Because Chris wants to bag on him like he did Wednesday. He's played well the last couple of weeks. But you have to give him credit for playing a two or three. I don't want to bag on him. He's played great. He's he's played great. It's preposterous to think that he's a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. No, no, I know. But you you were saying he didn't win during this stretch. And he's played outstanding. He's played outstanding. Well, that's a little exaggerated. Chiefs need get a personal, top get heavy. They need a big ah. top heavy win <laughs> to get back in the conversation here because it's hard to take them extremely seriously. Uh, and we're talking about January at this point. One and done. All right, the Tennessee Titans head to Mile High to face the ten and two ten and two Broncos. The Titans now on life support. It was as we talked about earlier this week. Great week for the four committee on Sunday this past Sunday. All the teams that kind of had a heartbeat lost. Titans are basically out of it. They can they can somehow beat the Broncos. Maybe we could think about it, but Greg, there's no way that that happens, right? There's no way. And the Titans are worse, I think, than their 5 and 7 record indicates. I think they're going to be a coaching change. The one thing I'm looking forward to in this game does Peyton Manning, it's supposed to be really cold there. I 8 mean, it, degrees. It's supposed to be really cold. Oof. Does he keep airing it out cuz rewatching that Broncos Chiefs game he was throwing bombs down on Kansas City. They have not been a vertical team all year, and he made a lot of really nice deep throws. I hate to jump on this narrative because it doesn't seem smart, but every evidence points to the fact that Peyton Manning does not play well when it's cold and windy. He's 1-5 in, in his career under 30 degrees. 1-5 in five for one of the winningest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. His quarterback rating is 76.2 as opposed to 100 when it's not cold. I heard in another moment of infidelity, listening to the Tony Kornheiser show. Uh, how <laughs> dare you? He was talking about when he when he worked for Monday Night Football, and he asked somebody, a high-level source with the Packers, why are you moving on from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers? It wasn't because they needed to get Aaron Rodgers in. The source told Tony, Tony Kornheiser, have you seen Favre play in cold weather the last few years? 0-6 hmm. on the road for Brett Favre. In games below freezing, I don't know why I saw that stat this week. Well, we but I know did. Manning has possibly the weakest arm in the NFL as far as arm strength and getting the ball in tight spaces. Uh, hello, Matt Flynn. All right, they're on the same level. Okay, Manning does so many things to compensate for that, but when it's cold and windy and you're powering the ball through the wind, it's an issue. Can I make one point, by the way, because I know, um, and the stats that West bring up are obvious, obviously accurate and speak to something, but. This comes up with Manning constantly, of course, over the last few weeks it's amplified. But are there quarterbacks, when you change the conditions like that, isn't that every quarterback? And wouldn't it be more... Tom Brady's excellent in the cold. 
Well, there's one example. Yeah, look, the same game that Manny struggled. Brady was great. Remember the blizzard against the Cardinals when Brady put up fifty something points? Brady, How about the blizzard seven against and the Raiders? one on the road yeah. in below freezing conditions. Well, that was against a terrible team, though, if I recall. The game you're the referring Cardinals to. The Cardinals went on to the Super Bowl. Oh, that was well. Just tell me to shut up. Then. <laughs> Isn't it with Manning though? Because he's just, that's before they went on the roll though. That was a different Cardinals September, team. September, October, <laughs> November with Manning. He just he's in such command, such control, and he obviously got off to what looked like a, almost an electric robotic start. He's going to rip rip up the record I'm books. I'm not saying he had Manning, his best game last week. I think I'm not saying season. he can't prove us all wrong, but I think his arm is a factor in the cold. That doesn't mean they can't run a bunch of wide receiver screens and still get big plays. Well, I'm with you, Wes. I. I see a different guy. I saw a different guy in that Patriots game. I understand he made some key throws, but he looked like he didn't want to be there the same way. I don't. I want. I don't want to get into whether he wants to be there or not. I just. I think it's an arm thing. All right. The last game that we have here, the New York Giants, who were forked by the ATL crew, can't really take them seriously at this point. They go to San Diego to face a Chargers team that needs that needs this game to hang in there. Um, I know the Giants are coming off a win, but I, you know, I think the Philip Rivers. Uh, led Chargers, they're going to win this game. They're at home, need it. The Giants are playing hard for Coughlin at the end of the season. I don't see it. I don't see the uh, Chargers losing this. What do you guys think? We all took the Chargers, and the most disappointing thing about the Giants, I think, is that they've never really gotten their passing game going. We kind of thought, oh, eventually they'll snap back into it, and that hasn't happened. This is a week it should because they're playing the Chargers, but it hasn't really happened. I trust Phillip Rivers. And that trade by the Chargers looking a little better right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm just hey, put it seriously Wait. though. I would take if you put Philip Rivers in New York, I think he wins Super Bowls oh, too. No. Here I, we really, go I again. don't think you I can think even go. Oh, Rivers God. Had a, I think Philip no, Rivers. No, Greg, had a you're not allowed to stand on that. Manning, and I don't think it's close. Oh my God! There we go. Denigrating the Giants two Super Bowls over the Patriots. I'm not Greg that doing it. Is it is it biweekly? It's that time. Eli. Yes. That the Giants have two row. Super Bowls, but I I, I agree with Greg. Philip Rivers would have won those Super Bowls too. And and yet he didn't, did he? No, well, he, he wasn't didn't. on the Giants. He, he wasn't. Was on the Giants. Oh, he was AJ Smith okay. and Norv Turner. Because yeah, because Philip Rivers never had great teams around him in his career. <laughs> what the Chargers are quietly becoming a fun team to watch. With Keenan Allen and Ladarius Green, mm. they've got and Ryan Matthews, Danny Woodhead. They're they're fun to watch. Sold. You're assigned to this game. <laughs> Wait, I don't want him. <laughs> um, all right, before we go, a couple a couple of bits of housekeeping. First off, we we threw it to our Twitter audience to come up with some ideas for. We're looking to name the stat when the quarterback. Uh, never gets hit for a whole game by a defense. It's a great failure by the defense. So here are a few that jumped out. I, of course, nominated Dirty Peter, uh, which has gotten some good buzz on the net, but we're not sure if that's going to win, obviously. Uh, some negative buzz, too. It's, yeah, it's just buzz. It's buzzy. Uh, how about, uh, let's see, Josh Wiles writes, Sactory of Sadness. All right. What do you guys think about that one? In the mix. Continue. All right. Next up, Raul Romo. It's a great name. Writes, how about No Folly Molly? Hmm. I don't even know what that means. I don't. I don't either. Does that involve drugs? There was one called The Clean Sheet, I remember. There not, was... not to steal your thunder. Well, Actually, you've few... got a whole list. You've prepared it. Sports guru MUFC uh, uh, writes, it has to be doing an MC Hammer. They can't touch it. Uh, come on. There man. were at least it's six like... or seven recommendations for the MC Hammer. You can't hmm. touch this, which I thought, guys, come on. We've got to do Hammer? better than that. It's a bit of, culturally, it's a little dated, isn't it? I don't mind no, a dated culture reference because that's right in my wheelhouse. But come on, 
Super fresh. All right, what else do we have here? I saw one mention for Casper because it's a Ooh, friendly I like ghost. That. I like that. Mm. It's a friendly ghost. It's Casper. I like Clever. That. Jedi, the real Jedi, writes a QB no-hitter should be called a Dirty Sanchez. We obviously cannot go there. And no-hitter actually is not a bad one. No-hitter is not bad. That, if you cross into <laughs> that has a connotation of a good thing, though. Right. It's a little confusing, but it's not bad. Uh, we... And then Duger 2 says it's hammer time because you can't touch it. So apparently MC Hammer is still a relevant figure in the world. I miss this. I think among the four of us, we've come up with the perfect answer. Greg? Well, we, I suggested this one the other day. Uh, a Golston. Named after like one of the latest, greatest New York Jets of all time. Did have some QB hits, though, in his career. No sacks? No sacks, though. Well, I'm just, I'm just being stubborn because I like Dirty Peter. You know what we need to do? We need to throw it to the people. Okay, Rich, is there any way to start a poll or where we could give, uh, give the ATL Debate Club listeners an option to vote? We could figure something out, but for right now, use the hashtag. What is it? Uh, ATL Clean QP, QB. ATL Clean QB? Yes. All right. Yeah, keep them coming, and we will we'll continue to uh, figure it out. Um, and before one last thing before we go, I think we're, we're thinking about bringing, up, bringing back Win Wes's Toaster uh, next Wednesday. So, But it all depends. We need, we need to have some contestants. So we obviously have uh, your friend Wes and Nemesis. Sham. Sham. And beyond that we want to have maybe one more contestant so reach were, out to us there were a couple guys who told me they could take me down I should probably be favoriting these tweets and sending them to you and K-Rich alright K-Rich keep an eye on that um, and that's it we're out of here thank you for listening we'll be back on Sunday night going over all the week 14 results so uh, check back for that until then this is Dan Hansis signing off for the mailman the sizzler the boss K-Rich behind the glass and Lyle the intern until Sunday You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.